episode of That's a Wrap podcast. I am your co-host, Jay Rosales, and we are recording this on Thursday, January the 7th, 2021. Yes, it is a new year, and this is supposed to be the time when we're celebrating that we've survived 2020 and 2021 is going to be new and it's going to be great and it's absolutely not. So with that, uh, you know, welcome to the pod, Dre, Jason, Happy New Year, guys. Um, you know, I'm kind of starting this off on a somber note, but, you know, how are your holidays? How are you doing? And uh, yeah, let's, let's get right into it. Holidays were good, as good as they can be in, you know, a pandemic, you know, had Christmas, had a very humble New Year's. Uh, as good as it could be. And then uh, uh, January 6, 2021 happened in the United States. Uh, but before we get into that, Jason, how, are you, how was your holiday? Yeah, I mean, you know, like, uh, again, we were talking off air and it was just one of those days where like, you know what, I don't, I don't, it's going to be hard to talk about Raptors and basketball after all what's what's going on. And you would hope that after a new year, after a restart, that you wouldn't see things that are happening and we don't live under the under a rock we know what's going on especially with the neighbors south of the border and 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 that doesn't take away the fact that what's happening in canada too and around the world with corona so first off let me say that you know of course welcome to welcome to the show um for for me i take this i take these episodes in in all seriousness like a therapy session and and that's not just like uh, talking about you know what I'm feeling or uh, uh, taking a chance to just you know say things that are in my heart and in my mind, but also for 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 Raptors therapy session because God knows we don't want to be one in uh, a record right now like one in five or one in six we are right now, but you know it, it's hard sometimes to just stop and talk sports because that's not what this is about and if if you know you've ever heard. A lot of those like you know stick to sports or you know sports should be in politics that's bull that's complete bullshit because these people are human beings right uh, at the end of the day if are, are 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 they human or do they do they have beliefs of course so you can't take anything any of this inequality out of sports at the end of the day i'm glad that i'm here with you guys to talk and we can go all different directions we can talk about what's going on because I feel like we should in the U S and also talk about the Raptors uh, and what's going on there. But at first it would mean a lot to me if I could get your guys thoughts about what's going on in this world, not only what happened in January 6th, like Dre said, but also, you know, thoughts about Corona still. Well, uh, for me, like January 6th is a, is a special well, not, not, I don't mean that in a good way, but it is definitely going to be a memorable day. And the way it started was actually on a very positive note. Right. And that was the runoff elections that were happening or, or the vote counting that was happening in Georgia. And, you know, waking up to hearing that Governor Warnock had pulled out a victory was, was really some eye-opening news. And if we right. backtrack a little bit to how that all came about, and you know, just a bit of background information for those who who aren't aren't aware. But uh, the the incumbent was Kelly Leffler, who's a Republican and who also happens to be an owner of the Atlanta Dream in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. During the bubble, or sorry, the wobble, um, their their players were very much against uh, Leffler's ideologies, and started wearing Vote Warnock shirts 
and it spread throughout the team, then it spread throughout the league. And, uh, you know, from what I was reading, it, the Warnock was only at about like a, uh, supposed to be getting something like 10% of the votes before that started. And of course, you would end up go- being a winner, right? And, and it shows you, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of an, other factors that played into that. But the the action that the WNBA players took went a huge, like, went a very, very long way in ensuring that Warnock gained some momentum and eventually won. So kudos to the women on that team for standing up against their owner and, and kudos to everyone who turned out to vote. Apparently the voter numbers uh, for this alone was more than everyone that turned up for the 2016 election. So it's incredible what, how the day started. And I think that's where I'm going to start off with, um, you know, of course, later on in the day, we would find out that the other race in Georgia would also end up going um, Democrat. So that ensured that the U.S. had, you know, control of the Senate. Right. And that's great news for those that are backers of, of Biden and obviously bad news for, for the Trump supporters. And that's kind of where everything else kind of went downhill. Um, so that's that's kind of where I I just wanted to start with this. Um we can always get into the mayhem that happened after, but uh, Dre, how about you? What, what are your thoughts on the events of the last few days? Uh, I'm glad that you started off with the positives because I don't think that the terrorist attacks, that's what they are, are going to steal anything from the actual wins that happened yesterday but they're definitely the focal point of the day now, unfortunately. I just, I cannot believe where it's it's 2021. We have a country like the United States that takes pride in how much power it has all over the world. And yet this type of thing is happening um, and is allowed to happen because not much was done to stop it. I have no idea how could they how they could be going into these offices and putting their feet up on the desk, stealing podiums, breaking stuff. Like they just waltzed right on in there. Meanwhile, for the Black Lives Matter protests, they had countless amounts of security waiting on the doorsteps. And this was enforced by you know who. You know, the the guy who looks like a New York Knicks jersey. Like, this was enforced by that. And I I can't. I just, I can't. It doesn't matter who wins and who doesn't. If this, like, if this was the guy that I was supporting and this is what he was telling me to do, I'd be in shock. I'd be like, this is not a democracy. This is the type of crap that Americans make fun of or they ridicule when other countries have stuff like this, like the voting crisis in Iran. Meanwhile, it's happening here. And so many people, like, they're, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. It's, it's, it's not just insane that it's happening. It's insane that these are the same people who would ridicule other countries that, that have this type of stuff happen, and yet it's it's fine for them. They ridicule persons of color, any people who, who partake in the, the Black Lives Matter movement, yet attacking Capitol Hill and breaking stuff is fine. They ridicule people and call people snowflakes if they speak out, yet not accepting a loss 
in an election, and they've lost like 30 times since November in different ways. That's not a special snowflake. I just, I am so beyond past my threshold. And it's not even just anger-inducing, it's embarrassing. We're not American, but we're North American. We're not American, but we're people. This is humanity. This is civilization. This is a country that takes pride in trying to be the leader of so many industries. And this is what so many people are reducing it to this laughing stock, this, this circus, this, this trash. And anyone try to compare this to the black lives matter protests, which were hinged around police brutality and racial injustice is beyond racist and if you can't tell the difference then you've got a you've got a problem and you're racist and that's all i can say like it's just so despicable it's just so nauseating i can't say anymore i might explode sorry somebody else take the podium no i i'm uh completely on your side and i completely understand where you're coming from because you know if you if you're putting the two and two together you're talking about one area and one group in uh, a whole thousands and millions of people asking for equality. All they're asking for is and fighting for is equality. And you have another side who's fighting because they didn't get their way. The double standard is Im- immense. Like it's mind boggling. And it's, you know, whoever thinks differently, whoever thinks that, um, uh, who, do- who doesn't think that if it wasn't uh, the Black Lives uh, Matter movement, if it wasn't, uh, black POC, brown people, everyone um, that is not, uh, and I will say it right now, that is not white going into the parliament, or it's not the parliament, but the but the Capitol building, they wouldn't be alive right now. And and the the numbers, and not saying that I want people to see more, uh, you know, arrests or more deaths or anything like that, but if you look at the 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 number of people who were arrested or a number of people who were who were killed in uh january 6th like i'm sorry to say but that's nothing comparative if it was people of color so again i'm not we we don't want to stray too hard about our our political views i i think it's it was right for us to start to say that you know justice is and inequality and and everything that you know the nba the wnba and at least the if you're on the the right side of history is fighting for that's what we're standing up with and if you saw around the NBA yesterday um, and it started with the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat putting up a joint statement saying that they're going to play for the joy uh, and, and and the entertainment but knowing that there is injust injustice in this world and in this society and and there's going to fight with that and then you had um, the Milwaukee Bucks and I believe it was Detroit yeah yeah it was who uh when they played they uh they knelt during the game not even before during the uh anthems, they four went the tip off like they tipped off and then they sacrificed possession yeah they they all all kneeled in solidarity and then when you talk about the raptors you have the raptors and the suns uh during the national anthems uh linking arms uh mm-hmm. with one another in center court making a circle for unity it was it was beautiful again it was heartbreaking um, and now, even today, you have someone like Kyrie Irving, who didn't show up for the game, and all he said was because I didn't want to play, and I completely understand that. 
I was on a side saying that I don't think it, they should have played. Um, but but when when Jay was talking about like there was a lot of momentum and a lot of happiness uh, in the beginning of the day with the wins for the Democrats in Georgia, and that's who they were playing for. That and that's why if when they when they decided to play, I understood that too. So again, it's it's if you guys are feeling if if anyone's listening still listening, if you guys are feeling down or if you're feeling downright sick, we understand. We understand we're on your side, and I guess this is for us uh, as a therapy session. We can continue to talk about it, or we can go on to to the Raptors because that's what I brought up. But um, yeah, Jay, do you have any other words? Uh, no, I think you you both eloquently said you know what a lot of people are feeling uh, right now, and you know to your point about you know what some of the players were able to do before the game yesterday and even during the games. I think that speaks volumes to what what this how this is affecting them and the words that are coming out of their mouths, right? The, some of the Raptors have some very strong words, uh, just like my daughter is right now. Uh, <laughs> some very strong words uh, about how this is affecting them, right? And you know, we heard from Kyle Lowry how calling out um, you know Trump as a criminal and Fred Van Vliet and Norm Powell both expressing, you know, because this is also the day or I think two days after the uh, uh, Blake's shooter was found to be not charged, right? Like this is right. this is just like a travesty compounded over another travesty. And it's just, it's, you know, like it must be so deflating, right? People don't understand that the Capitol buildings weren't, have never been broken into since the 1800s. You know, and yeah. this mob, this you, these terrorists went into this building and closed everything down because they didn't agree with uh, uh, the vote. And yeah. they went inside, they stormed in, they broke windows, they stole things, they uh, went into the, the speaker's floor and they they had their legs up. Like, this is not just criminal. Like, this, you got to arrest these people. And the fact that they have, like, a hotline out saying that if you find any, you know, if you if you know these people, call in. It's like, you know these people. These people are on camera. You could have done it right there and then if you were prepared like you, like you were for the Black Lives Matter troop. They wouldn't have even gotten in. Hundred percent. This is only like, cleaning up, basically, because now they're in deep trouble. And uh oh, well, favoritism has been spotted. Okay, let's try and chase these guys now. Like it's insane. It's like letting somebody rob your bank and being like, "Oh, the money's gone." Okay, now let's look for the guy. And it's like, yeah, what exactly, are you doing? Exactly. And we're like, talking come about on. people. You're comparing it to a group, a movement that is just fighting for freedom. And you lost an election and you're going to sulk and moan with an AK or assault rifles and threatening people? The double standard in that country. And I'm not saying racism isn't in this country. This oh, country, we've got racism up here too. Well, too. Like you have Trump supporters like driving downtown uh, as, as well. And it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So <sighs> racism is 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 well is is still uh, implanted in this society and we got to fix it we have to fix it some way or another we have to fix it yeah and i guess on on a lighter note the raptors are one in six uh that's that's the best segue i could think of i don't know how <laughs> that is a lighter note <laughs> that, is, that is a lighter note uh, but, yeah, yeah okay. no it's it's i mean 
not not to fully sweep this under the rug here, but yes, I you know this this is it's quite un, I I wouldn't say it's unprecedented because as you guys you know noted this has happened before, but we're talking about the 1800s, right? So you know I guess my final word on this is just that you know prayers up, really. I I really yeah. do pray for those that are a suffering from what's going on there, but b those that even were part of that mob like you really need prayers right now because you're you're not thinking straight and you're being led by someone who is also um you know what i won't even finish that sentence but i'll, I'll just keep it at that. Does, that particular guy does not deserve any ounce of sentimentality it has nothing to do with politics anymore don't give him the light of day yeah and and i tried not to say his name earlier and i had to <laughs> i i can't yeah. I yeah. can't. It has nothing no, to do with I'm with you on that. I'm trying not to. I'm not some yeah. liberal, obsessive left winger. I can't. This is this is this guy is inhuman. So anywho, let's move on. Yeah. No. Yeah. Let, let's let's you let's move on because what I guess feels like it's inhuman for a lot of Raptors fans is that the Raptors have not won more. I have not won their second game yet, and this is on the heels of another loss. This time to the Phoenix Suns. But I will say this, there was there were quite a few glimmers of hope in that game. Mm-hmm, and yeah. while the Raptors currently sit at one and six, I I really don't feel like this team is playing like they are a one and six team. And part of that glimmer of hope, actually probably the biggest glimmer of hope from that game in Phoenix was the reemergence or the resurgence of Pascal Siakam. And I got to say, you know, right from the tip, he looked like his old self. We saw spin moves, we saw drives to the hoop, and it didn't really matter who Phoenix threw at him. And let us let me remind everyone, heading into this game, the Suns were the number two defense at the NBA or number three, something like that. They were one of the top three defenses so far in the NBA. And it's not like they were facing easy bottom-of-the-barrel teams, right? They had just come off a, a narrow loss to the Clippers. So this Suns defense is legit. We, we make all this this noise about, okay, they acquired Chris Paul. Their offense is going to be outstanding with a backcourt of, of, of Paul and Devin Booker, uh, that lob threat to DeAndre Ayton. But really, it's their defense that's picked up. Mm-hmm. And they, they threw the kitchen sink, really, at Siakam, and he got by everyone. Mikhail Bridges mm-hmm. is an outstanding defender. Uh, he was nothing to Siakam. Aiden is like seven foot something at a wingspan of like eight feet. No, no mm-hmm. problem for Siakam. He was like posting him up, driving by him, didn't care. And the aggression that you saw, the way in which he was commanding the game, he really could get everything he wanted. This is the Siakam we wanted even just once in the bubble. This is the Siakam we wanted for six games before mm-hmm. that yeah. one, right? So... I, I definitely have taken over speaking too much about him, but I'm just really excited for him being back and where the Raptors can be headed moving forward. But, you know, you brought up this whole spinning thing. He spins all the time, but the difference is he's not spinning into the defenders. And you brought up the, that the Suns have one of the top defensive uh, strategies in, in the game right now. And yet Siakam was like being efficient with his moves and and where he was positioning himself. That's the difference. It's not even just about the tenacity. It's about the wit 
And that is where Siakam can excel. His decisiveness, he knew exactly what he wanted to do whenever he had the basketball. Even on defense as well, he was quick to his feet. Uh, he was quick to his defenders. And nine rebounds, three assists, 32 points, 38 minutes, quite efficient. He was the Siakam of old. He's the Siakam that we that we know. And I think I hark back to, like, you know, this this team isn't not only not the same, but they're also going through a whole bunch of different things. Again, they're not at home. It's a different team. They didn't have training camp. So it's very, very different. So the the fact that Siakam could be going through a lot of different things, much like everybody else in, in this world, um, to see him play like that, to see him play with the joy that he always talks about was very, very refreshing. Albeit it was in a loss, but yes, you're right, Jay. It was... It was just so much fun to watch uh, a Pascal and um, that closing lineup. I believe it was like a very small lineup. OG Pascal, Fred, Kyle, Norm uh, was the one that almost got us back. <laughs> it really, really did. And but at the same time, you know, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but this team isn't. I think Nick Nurse even said it. The construction of it isn't really reliable. Uh, Baines isn't doing as well as we we've, we've hoped. Uh, there are nope. plenty of times where Alex Len uh, was in there, and I don't know why. They definitely need Boucher in there, but again, he's too small to uh, guard someone like someone big like Aiton. And then who, do, who else do we have? Like Stanley Johnson didn't play, Terrence Davis didn't play very well. Uh, Watanabe has been surprising. So outside of that five, and then like Norman Powell is definitely not playing as much or as well as we hoped uh, for him to play. Even the fact that Pascal gave us 32 points, uh, Fred with, uh, you know, quote unquote, only 13 and 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 Kyle Lowry was playing out of his mind, nine, six and 24. Like we still couldn't uh, surpass a very good Suns team. I'm trying to take the good, but I'm also trying to be realistic here. So let's 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 be realistic then. Right. You okay. you hit it on the head there. The Raptors best lineup was that small lineup. It's the lineup mm-hmm. they went to in the playoffs to carry them to seven games with Boston. It wasn't, we, we knew that Gasol wasn't, wasn't himself. He, he did not play well at all in the bubble. And Ibaka had moments, right, on and off. Like he, he, was, he, he, was, he, he wasn't as consistent as we would have hoped he would be. It was that small lineup that kept us in it. And finally, Nick Nurse busted that out. And I guess my question to you guys is, should that be our lineup? Like, is, is, does, Baines and Len and like, are they disappointing enough to you that OG should be our starting center? But there's, there's the problem is, is there's nothing else on the bench. Like you, you, if you keep on Norman there or or you play Boucher a lot, like I just don't feel like there's anything else there. So you have to mix and match. You saw a lot of, a lot of times you see like Kyle Lowry with a whole bunch of new guys and it's weird. And you can see the frustration from Kyle because it's not the same team that he's used to. So if you don't have him playing with the people, the core players after that, who else do you have? You only have bench players who don't know the system as well as, as we hoped, but, and that could be because of a Louvre, a slew of different things. Um, so, so again, yes, I really like that lineup and it could work as a starting lineup, but what else do you have when come coming off the bench? That's, that's, you can't play that lineup 48 minutes a game. Well, I think, I think Dre said it in our group chat. Um, didn't you suggest maybe we should, we should already see Boucher in the starting lineup? 
doesn't it but it would depend on who we're, we're facing i feel like someone like Embiid or or you know Aiton in that in this case um you have to have Baines in there but you know this this nba is turning into unless it, unless you're like nikola Jokic or anthony davis it's turning to a lot faster league and someone like aaron baines who's you know he's still on the right side of 30 but he's not going to give you and no nor do i expect him to give me like 20 to or 12 to 16 points or something like that but i would have want him to play a little bit faster and this lineup that you said that we should start with is very very fast and i don't and I agree with Dre. I don't think that uh, Bain should be starting at this moment. No. And we we lost two excellent centers who are both starting material on their respective Los Angeles teams. And we got a guy who's okay. It's just not good enough. And it's very apparent, unfortunately. And the problem is... Uh, somebody like Siakam is still getting used to being the first option, and it shows occasionally like this last game, but it's not consistent enough. So what that means is there's a lot more, there's a bigger margin for error, and we don't have the five to back us up for rebounds, for walls, for defense, for a big presence that we need in order to clean up all of our mistakes when it comes to figuring things out. So the result is we give up really big leads and it's unfortunate. Hmm. But we can always say that, you know, this is, it's still early, which it is. I still think seven games is still early. We have uh, a teams that uh, could be in our benefit to play against like Sacramento, Golden State and Portland. But before we do that, let's take a little bit of a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about, Maybe I I know that Jay was working with the trade machines a little bit, so maybe we can talk about what you know Abi and Masai might be thinking of doing or could be thinking of doing. Then we'll talk about the upcoming schedule. But until then, let's take a break. And we'll talk to you guys soon. That's a part of the trade machine. So th this is how we, this is how we get LeBron. Okay, I'm confused. I, I don't know how this thing works already. <laughs> oh man. Well, okay. Welcome back to that's a wrap. Uh, uh, podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. I just want to say, before we start into Raptors talk again, I want to say thank you uh, to Jay and Dre. It was nice to know that I could talk to you guys as friends, as colleagues, and just 
just to speak our mind and i hope that everyone feels the same uh however you feel speak it say it you know never keep your emotions aside you got to talk to it and talk to people that you uh appreciate and that you you know that you love so uh, before i do that, i just want to thank you guys but jay i know that you've been playing around with the trade machine man uh <laughs> i myself don't really know how that works i don't even know how three team four team trades work but you know it's kind of fun sometimes when you think about you know what who can who can the raptors you know uh trade for or you know who's gonna go where and at one in six i'm not saying that messiah has to blow everything up but sometimes it's kind of fun to think what are we missing right now so did you put any like crazy trades together or or are you asking us to like who would you want and then we'll throw it in a trade machine uh, I have two that are just kind of sitting here in the hopper. If there's if there's a guy that you and you know what I should probably do some level setting here, right? Uh, you know everyone lo- loves to throw out fake trades out there, and I think the only reason uh, I kind of want to do this is because you know things are starting to get a little out of hand in Raptors Twitter, and people want to see moves. And let's be yeah. real, like I I would be shocked if a move did get made because. Masai is not the kind of guy who does things out of desperation. And mm-hmm. it, it your team is sitting at one in six, so nothing screams more desperation than that. And also, he always likes to operate in a position of, of power or, or having some sort of leverage. If mm-hmm. you call anyone right now, they know you're desperate. So again, he's not in a good position to be bargaining at all. So um, let's let's all keep in mind that these are all fake we're just doing this for fun. We're, we really don't want to trade away Kyle Lowry or Pascal Siakam. We are just doing this to see what would work, right? And so, I, okay, I yeah. know I, I talked about it and I know I said, and I still do, I don't think James Harden is a good fit for the Raptors. However, maybe you guys can convince me that, you know, we could build around this and who can we trade him for? So tell me that there has to be something in the works of putting for uh, James Harden, either a, a full-on trade for trade or a three, three team, four team. Yeah, that one, uh, that one is actually fairly easy to construct, uh, only because it is something that's been floating around there. Uh, you know, uh, variations of it because he's kind of the 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 big name out there right now, and I think people are even. I would even say that, and maybe you guys can agree with me here. Everyone's probably sick about it at this point, right? Like we've heard <laughs> yeah. about all of his his pouting and all the various things he's done to kind of make sure that he gets his way and gets out of there. But at the same time, he is a you know top five superstar, right? So he is gonna and he's still killing it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's putting up like crazy numbers at the same time. Even even that you know outside of his personal life, he's still one of the most dynamic offensive players in the NBA. Yeah, no, it's it's you're you're absolutely right. Um, Even when he doesn't care and he's not trying, he's spinning up forty like it's crazy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think that was at that that first game yeah. back. Like he was, he dropped something like forty, right? So, and it looks so effortless. Effortless. And here's the other reason why I am not shutting my eyes or or at least my 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 ears to any James Harden talks is that the Raptors lead the NBA right now in three-point attempts and over the last couple of years that's been they have more of a houston rockets james harden like offensive scheme than any other team in the nba 
all of their shots are from three or they're from down low in the paint. Mind you, that's not the case anymore in down low in the paint because Gasol and Ibaka are no longer here. But the threes are definitely there. And um, so it would it would seem to fit his style of play, right? There, there wouldn't have to be a major adjustment. Anyways, I'm totally like burying the lead here. Let's get to the trade. So the trade would look like this. James Harden and P.J. Tucker returns to the Raptors. To the huh. Rockets, Pascal Siakam, Norm Powell, and any throw in you want. It could be McCall. It could be Terrence Davis. It could be Stanley Johnson. Uh, you definitely want to throw in a pick there. But the, the the big names out of that would be Powell and Siakam for Harden and Tucker. And the thinking behind this would be, okay, the Raptors are already a very, and you've heard this recently by Nick Nurse, this is a very small team. He even joked around. He's like, well, if I take one guy out, I'm going to throw in another small guard or something to that effect. So what this trade does is it trades away one of our big guys in Siakam and brings in another guard. So why would you do that? But my thinking is the the roster construction still works, right? Yes, you're throwing out a fairly small lineup, but that lineup would be something to the effect of, like, this is your starting lineup. It would be Lowry, Van Vliet, Harden at the three, Anunobi at the four, and PJ Tucker at the five. That's mm. a small lineup, but it's pretty beefy, right? You've seen Tucker play center before. You've seen OG play center before. Tucker is uh, music to my ears at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I know that Houston played that in the bubble. And they did. to a certain effect, and uh, you know, as much as uh, you gloat about how PJ Tucker is in the center, of course, because of his height, but that guy is strong. He would yeah. by far, he would be like a small Aaron Baines. He Faster. would be. Any, if anything so uh, you know like that <laughs> one could hope uh that you can get uh, uh james harden for siakam and norm at this point siakam would have to play a lot better because i just don't think that the the his, the weight of that trade is on uh raptors favor at this point it's not even mm. right right that's what i that's what i think okay so Harden move. Uh, I know Raptors fans. I know you're sick of the Harden talk, um, but it's still going to be there until something happens with either James Harden or with the Raptors. So let's move on from that one. Jay, is there has there been any other crazy ones that worked in the trade machine? Uh, first, I'm going to throw this over to Dre. Uh, do you have anyone in mind? Um, I could uh, otherwise. I've got these two sitting here that I can just throw out to you guys. Wait, so I could just request anyone right now, and you toss it in the machine. Yep, request anyone. If there's okay. anyone that you think would be a good fit for this team. I have a very weird request. Uh, that we considered last year very barely, and I feel like we missed out. Um, Andre Drummond. Good choice. Interesting choice. Uh, so he is the problem with Andre Drummond. Okay, sorry, sorry. There's, there's two sides to this. With Andre Drummond, uh, he is on the final year of his deal. So you're... It's it's kind of like the, the the Kawhi thing where it's like okay you're gonna give up someone to get him and he may not sign here right so uh, you're you're not quite sure what's gonna happen there so it is it is kind of a a rental um, and then someone of his caliber is is going to command some big name and that's a hard one I gotta tell you because I definitely would not want to part with Siakam or Lowry <laughs> and mm-hmm. with Fred Van Vliet because he just signed his extension. That is uh, just not going to. I mean, he he can't even be traded until I think it's like March or something. So, mm. constructing something around Drummond is going to be quite difficult. 
Uh, yeah. Okay. So I just threw out a whole bunch of names and it seemed to work. I, it's, it's not something that the Cavaliers would accept, but it, the headliner here is Norm Powell and a, a bunch of the, the, the 5 million and under guys that we can always throw into any of these trades, which are, which include Stanley Johnson, Pat McCaw, Terrence Davis. So, and obviously you throw in some draft picks there, but is that enough to, to the Cavs? I mean, the headliner is Norm Powell. Um, is he going to fit beside Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, and and their, <laughs> of course, and obviously this this opens the door for Javale McGee, right? That's really the he can become a raptor. <laughs> and not only that, the Cavaliers are four and four, so they're right in the middle of the playoff race. If they're if they doing pretty forward. well, yes, yes, exactly. I no none of us thought, and I'm pretty sure none of anybody no. <laughs> the NBA thought the Cavaliers are going to do it, do anything. But I mean, the Knicks are doing well. Obviously the Suns are doing well. Land is doing well. So it's, uh, you know, the, the, the people that we thought that were going to do a lot of trades are, are, I feel like in, in this case, Cleveland is going to stand pat because they're doing pretty well at this moment. Yeah. They stopped clicking. Kevin Love's been injured, so he hasn't even really played for them. So they're clicking without their, their veteran. Right. So, um, yeah, good, good for them. And, you know, if they feel like, and this is the thing is Drummond's been a huge part of that, right? He, I think he leads the league in like, with like 16 rebounds a game or something like that. So, you know, he's a big part of that to, to, yeah. to trade that away is probably a no bueno, right? Unless again, if, if, if they feel like, okay, if love comes back, love and, and McGee is, is, is kind of good enough for us at center, we can upgrade at the at the wing and, and get someone like a Powell and, and and someone that we believe in in Terrence Davis and Stanley Johnson like there there's there's a package out there that which could entice them but at the same time it's the Raptors going kind of um, you know all in on this and 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 hoping that Drummond signs for them next year but uh, yeah that's that's all I could cook up for that one um, I've got one you know I'm only going to go with one of my fake ones here uh, and basically it's a way in which the Raptors can can try to bring over and and solve i think their their big man issue and so the deal i have here is um i hate to say it it's again it's siakam going out siakam <laughs> and pat mccaw going over to the timberwolves hello dre and norm powell going over to the indiana pacers <laughs> so who wow. else goes where so the Timberwolves will send Ed Davis as well to the Pacers. So basically they've traded, they've received Ed Davis and Norm Powell and the Raptors at the end of all this, get Carl Anthony Towns and Miles Turner. I'm sure, I am sure all these teams would love that trade uh, yeah. and no one would object to it at all. <laughs> uh, that would be an enticing trade right there. But it's funny how that the main denominator uh, player in all of these trades is Pascal Siakam. It is. We, do we want to see Pascal go as you know to another team? To me, no. I don't want to see OG leave and or or be traded. You know, but at the end of the day, I didn't want Demar to be traded. So <laughs> it, it works out for the benefit of the Raptors. Again, I you know I'm, I cheer for the the team. I cheer for the front of the jersey and sometimes for the back, i.e. Lowry. But you know, at the at the end of the day, it's the Toronto Raptors. So I'm cheering for so. 
Raptors fans, what do you guys think? Did you do you have any uh, trade requests that we can throw in the trade machine see if it works or not? Have you heard any other scenario, i.e. Harden or Cat or Siakam at this moment? But the Raptors are playing still. Um, they are one in six, yes, and hopefully that they can you know get some wins in the win column. The next couple of games we got is tomorrow. Again, we are recording this on Thursday, uh, January the seventh. The Raptors are playing at 10 p.m. Eastern against the Kings and then the uh, Warriors on Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern and then a, a Monday uh, late night game against the uh, Trailblazers. What I see is that all three of these games benefit the Raptors. Why? Because I, I say that is because they like playing small. I think we've seen that at the end of the Suns game. The Raptors are our benefit of playing small because they want to run the last couple of the games we played against i.e the like the celtics or or the pelicans or the knicks all, all of these guys don't run as much as the raptors do we like the open floor and someone like the sacramento kings and the warriors and the trailblazers everybody loves to run so i feel like this would be quite beneficial for us as for the win columns to me, I think we can get one against the Kings. Uh, Stephen Curry, I hope he doesn't drop 62 against the Raptors. And I hope, I, I think it's going to be a win for the Raptors in this one as well. But the Trailblazers just scare me because of that continuity. So I'm going to go uh, win against the Kings, win against the Warriors, loss against the Trailblazers. Dre, what about you, brother? I predict a win against the Kings. So that's good. Uh, <laughs> Jason, actually, your predictions of the Warriors haven't been that that unfounded they've been doing pretty well especially since uh curry's in mvp mode and draymond green mm -hmm. is back uh with a splash brother so he's um he's gelling and wiggins is hitting a stride so i don't know i i'm predicting a loss with the warriors they're actually doing pretty well and the trailblazers i mean if we're still having our hiccups i predict a loss with them too so uh, unfortunately sorry guys interesting 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 despite all i just said about siakam no i'm kidding actually you know what <laughs> weekly uh wrap up i did say that you know i had my doubts and i i did you know correctly predict losses against celtics and Suns. but i also thought that the sacramento kings game specifically would be the siakam game we've been waiting for now he arrived a day or a game earlier which is mm -hmm. fine by me um it just further i guess Confirm. Hey man, he can go up for forty in the next game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? He, he, he gives me a little bit more confidence that he's going to go off. He's going to go off even more against the Kings, right? So yeah, uh, Kings victory, and um, you know that brings us up to two and six. The Warriors, I have us winning that one. Um, I, I do agree that there's a bit of hesitation there. I I I like what you had to say there, Dre, and, and like I said, it's causing me a bit pause here, but I got to stick to what I predicted at the beginning of the week, and that was a win over the Warriors. So I'm going to stick with that. Um, you know, let's see some box and one again. You know, it's it's there's no play, right? so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. box and one and uh, a Raptors victory and uh, the Blazers. This tough one. It's the back end of a back to back, fourth game in six nights. The Raptors have done well. You know, last year they really did do a great job in shutting down Lillard, and I think they could possibly do it again. But I'm going to temper my expectations for now um, until we see the Raptors do it in a more consistent mm -hmm. ride. I guess. So I will say I will agree with Jason here. Win, win, loss here, and uh, the Raptors wrap it up with a with, with a loss on the road to the Trailblazers, and then head home for seven home games. So it's not all that bad, guys. Yep, 
That's true. Um, and not only that we're hoping for another breakout game from Siakam in any of these three games, but I am predicting a breakout game for Boucher in uh, the Sacramento game. So look up for that, Raptors fans. Um, let us know what you guys think about the next three games against the Kings, the Warriors, the Blazers, and everything else that's happening in Raptor land, in NBA, and in uh, you know the world in general. But Dre, before we uh, let you guys go, where can we find you, brother? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs, and you can find my film editorial and review website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S, F-A-T-A-L-E.com, no spaces. My top 100 films of the 1950s is now out, so go check it out. I'm doing all of my decades lists each month as opposed to every other month, so soon enough it'll be the 1940s. So... It's exciting times. Plus, uh, you know, the Oscars are a little bit further away than usual, but it's still award season. So check out the handful of, of current movie reviews I'm going to be coming out with. Um, a lot of good stuff. A lot of not so great Oscar baity stuff. Jay, where can we find you? I'm not going to promote myself until you talk about your wonderful podcast. You are not censor. Hey, cut me. Uh, that's true. I am also a part of a film podcast called The K-Cut, which I um, I share with my two cinephile friends. We talk about everything cinema. Uh, the last episode we just uh, published was based on our favorite animated films that aren't Disney, Pixar, DreamWorks, or Studio Ghibli. And the episode we just recorded, what makes a good film adaptation? What are some good examples and what are some bad examples? So all things film. I keep forgetting. I'm so sorry, K-Cut. Jay, where can we find you? <laughs> it's worth it's worth the promo, buddy. Thank you. Uh, and great stuff. Uh, so, yeah, you can find me on Raptors HQ. I do my weekly wrap-up uh, report. It comes out Monday morning every week, and I preview the games of the week. And you, it's also where you're finding this podcast. So that's where you can find me. And, and on Twitter, you can find me at Prozalosaurus. So that's me. Over to you, sorry. Jason. You can find all of us at That's a Rep Pod. We will be tweeting during games, uh, before the games, after the games, of course. And you can find me on Quilla.io if you guys want me to work on your podcast. Uh, definitely, definitely uh, reach out to us if you guys want to talk about anything Raptors related or just anything at all. We love content for you guys. But until then, these West Coast uh, trips are making me feel hella old. That's a wrap. <laughs>